Hello and welcome to another episode of the Viva Bastardo Show, part of the Haggerty Podcast Network. I am Phil Toledano, inventor of the sandwich, the right angle, and humor. Uh, today we <laughs> today we have special guest Rami. I can't, can't remember his last name, but he's kind of a friend of mine. He runs Inbound Motorsports, which is a company that finds and procures cars from all over the world and brings them over to the States. Uh, he's done that for three of my cars, the Shamal, the the Pajero Evolution and the Delta. Uh, it's just a really interesting conversation about what cars are hot, how the process works, um, how he kind of got into the business. Uh, and then we also talk about my parents' Volvo 345, which is a super sizzling car. Get them before they go crazy. This podcast is also brought to you by Vital Oxide. I am now gesturing to the bottle gloriously and seductively if you're watching on YouTube. It's a very powerful, heavy-duty odor eliminator. It doesn't just eliminate the odors, it destroys them entirely. Um, it's a surface disinfectant. It kills viruses like COVID-19. Uh, it eliminates mold and mildew up for up to four weeks. Uh, and there's no fragrance added, which is always fantastic because I don't like that fake piney smell. So... Vital Oxide. Check it out, listeners. This podcast also brought to you by the audiobook Never Stop Driving, A Better Life Behind the Wheel, which is a book for enthusiasts, by enthusiasts, about the joy of driving, why we love cars, what makes us, uh, us obsess over cars. Uh, check it out. It's a fantastic listen. And it's available as an audiobook from Amazon. All right, so... I would just want to welcome Rami, man, I, for, I totally forgot your last name. I forgot how to say it. Fettiani. Fettiani, who we've known each other for a few years. You started and run the massive conglomerate called Inbound Motorsports. Yep. And when we've done, and, and I know it's a bit unkosher because you have a, like a, you do, you running ads here, but this is a totally separate thing because we've known each other for a long time. And I just really love what you do. And we've also, you've also brought three cars in for me. Yes. I've had the most amazing vehicular luck with you man i mean right. let's just run down well the first car you just helped me bring it over which is the lancia delta that's how we met that's how we met yeah then the second car uh was the maserati shamal now <laughs> how did that work i, I think th you presented me with a bad idea and i am very good at pursuing <laughs> bad ideas whenever i'm presented with one so if somebody comes to me with you know, any sort of just... So wait, what was the bad idea? The Maserati Shamal <laughs> in general was the bad idea. Wait, how was that a bad idea? I actually, I will say that it was in definitely retrospect. out of left field. But yeah. then when it got here, it completely, I had a completely different um, perspective on it once it got here and you could actually see the thing in person because it looks a hell of a lot better in person than it does. That's my specialty. It doesn't photograph well. Yeah. Well, it looks phenomenal in person there are there are there are quite a few cars that i've bought like the alpha sz the, the tomaso guara the maserati shamal all of which um like you say they sort of present themselves weirdly in pictures but then when you see them it's a whole other experience yeah. and it's kind of fascinating because there are angles for those cars that look good but there are angles for those cars that look terrible and make it disastrous it's just tough to capture it right but uh it looks stunning in person and it drives <laughs> It's so good. Yeah, it's so good. It is. It's like a. It's it's like a muscle car. That's what yeah. it feels like. Or at least when I drove it, I think parts weren't fully um, operational. Operation. I don't think the car was completely put together when I drove it. I think right. the rear end was loose, but it was. Yeah. It was. Uh, the rear shocks were dead. That's what it was. That's what was happening. Yeah. So, but I, so I, I can't remember how that car happened because I I feel like it was a bit of a spontaneous decision, and then I said it to you. Um, 
almost like, oh, I'll just ask Rami and it's never going to happen. <laughs> you because, sent it to me and I think we bought it the same day. I yeah. Think it was I, like three oh, no, hours that's later. Right. That's, you know what? That's right. Because someone had, someone had, I'd seen, someone had forwarded me something on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I said, I forwarded it to you and said, can you make this happen? And because yeah. you're the can-do geezer. And that's it. That's yeah. all it takes. That's literally all it takes. <laughs> and I, it was like a screaming deal. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a good buy. Yeah. And, and I think, um, yeah, I mean, I think the three cards that you bought were all very good deals, or at least very good purchases at well, the time. Hang on, sorry, I should just explain to people what inbound most sports is. What, do you want to explain? Why uh, don't you explain? You explain. You try and explain what it is, and, and then, then I'll correct, correct you. So, inbound most sports <laughs> is a bakery. They make sponge cakes, donuts. Am I right? Am I this close? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. So, what you do is you you find and import cards from Japan mm -hmm. for the most part, right? Or from Ev anywhere? Everywhere. Okay, everywhere. All over the place. Okay. Yep. But is yeah. Japan a specialty or is it. Japan's it, easy. Japan's okay. accessible and it's very streamlined and you know what you're going to get. And you have, I have contacts on the ground who are very capable of looking at cars and you kind of know what you're going to get when you buy it to when it gets here. Whereas in other countries that I've bought cars from or you buy cars from, if you don't have the proper network on the ground, you can sometimes buy a car and there are challenges either the car never has happened but you know <laughs> the car might never show up right. but they sometimes are just not in the same condition that you uh, expect them to be in so that's actually the amazing thing about the japanese situation because you get that report card yeah and and it's always incredibly thorough yeah thorough and then you can do some background checks and you can get some more info so japan is just accessible it's easy and there's a there's a plethora of just good stuff that always comes out of japan and especially for the stuff that i deal with 80s and 90s stuff in particular i mean japan was the place to be in the 80s and 90s they got all the good stuff so right for the longest time i mean you know, they had all the best cars in that era, so we could get, uh, you know, till this day, you know, just exceptionally good cars in good condition. Uh, the Japanese keep their stuff very nice. So it's just a good place to go out and constantly... It's safe to say it's not a nation of automotive loafers. Like, everything is always taken care of. It's, and then, and then I think it's, it's like it's, there's literally two ends of the spectrum, and there's nothing in between. It's either you get the guys who wake up every morning and meticulously go over their car and wash them and clean them, and then right. you get the guys who drift their car into a wall every single weekend. <laughs> there's nothing in between. Right. So you can find a perfect car with low miles, or you can find something that's had every panel replaced twice. Right. So my Delta was the was the former or the latter rather. Like remember that car showed up with it was festooned with like like fast and furious barnacles like it had all manner of gauges and <laughs> you know what i loved about it? it had it had race seats and then it had um it, that that car was the very origin of this everything the whole bastardo empire yeah that, that what i loved about that lancia is it had high g um lateral turn like knee bolsters yep i remember i <laughs> remember i drove that car back from the port i think yeah yeah, yeah. i drove that i think yeah. i drove that car first and i remember i remember that and, yeah and and then the third car I got from you was, that was also a miracle of modern science. That was a Mitsubishi Pajero Evolution. Yep. But I wanted a stick. Yep. And I bid on one that was super low miles and didn't get it. And then you were like, oh, there's this other one in this tiny auction that no one's going to be paying attention to. Because it was it Memorial Day or something? Or it was something? a holiday. It was September. Whatever holidays right. in September, Memorial right. Day. Yeah. And but we got a good deal on that one too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that was, I think, one of the first Pajero Evolutions probably legally in the country. Right. Because it came, we brought it in in January and I think they were legalized of January 1st. I think we got it in late January, early right. February. Well, here's the thing that, that you, remember you were unclear because you were you thought you had to bring, this, actually, this is an interesting thing for yes. people because I, I, I have people asking me this all the time. Yep. So the assumption has been that when you bring a car in from overseas in the, on the 25-year rule, it has to be the month of... Legal. So if it has to be the month and year, right, yep. of production. Yep. 
25 years from the month and year of production. Right. Whereas actually it just has to be the year. Yep. So you don't have to, if it was produced in November and it, then that doesn't, you can bring it in January. Yep. Yeah. January 1st. Right. I, mean, I, I, I don't know if that's technically the rule, but we've done that now for probably about 10 cars and had absolutely no issues. So See, it seems you owe to be, me. I actually do. <laughs> More ways than one. That definitely changed, changed things. So wait, so when did that change on the regulation? I don't think it changed. Or but they just never bothered to enforce it, so they're just like. Mm. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think they enforce it because I talked to my friend who brought cars in for me in Cosdell, which is a huge car importer, and they said she said she's been they've been doing that forever, and they've never had a single problem. Just by the year. Just by the year. You don't have to matter. It doesn't matter about the month. So that's what I. I mean, I was doing that with them, and then with Rami, and it's been there's been no problem. I guess we'll find out when. I bring a car in and it is the month and it's not right. yet old enough and then I get in trouble. But I feel like, the, I feel like, I mean, first of all, they, you know, there's got to be a shitload of cars coming. There's really going to be someone checking like date and month. I don't think they look at all. Yeah. I, 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 I really so. don't think they look at all. They, I, did, I, they did for a while. Yeah. Only for Land Rover Defenders or something so they could crush them. Yeah, R34s <laughs> and Defender 90s. Right. Those are, the, those are on the hot list. And if they see that, they just immediately flag it and then they go and do a visual inspection. So, so. one of the reasons I'm really interested in you being here, man, other than you're just a fascinating individual. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> is that you, you have a very interesting place in the car world. You're at the sort of the, I was going to say the nozzle. <laughs> the plug. The, no, the oh, no. You are know. the plug. I, I am the plug. You are the plug. But you you, yeah. you you have this vantage point where you see what people are actually like. I buy stuff that's weird, and maybe people, are, you know, are interested in what I buy. Maybe they're not. But you're actually you have you're watching what is in fashion, what people are interested in at the ver at this very moment, and you're seeing things come in waves. I go off of a lot of what I am getting inquiries like through the door. A lot. I get, <laughs> You know, in bulk, people will ask me about, hey, you know, when can I get a Pajero Evolution? When can I get a Pajero Evolution? I'll get that six times through. And then that tells me, okay, I should be really paying attention to getting, you know, my uh, Pajero Evolutions in line. Or so it takes six, e six, six requests before you notice. <laughs> there's, there's, there have been quite a few. Uh, e the, like Eurospec E36 M3. So everybody's always asking me what's next. What's the next thing that's going to be Okay, hot? so let's see. What's what's fizzing, fizzing right now? I mean... Pajero Evolutions, which I don't think have even come up yet because they haven't really transacted publicly here in the U.S. So I don't right. think people have really registered that, OK, we need to be buying these and, you know, kind of um, investing. But there's also not that many of those. Twenty five hundred. It's not a lot. It's not a lot. And they all went to Japan. So we got to just and I mean, now they're all a bunch. The place, well, I was talking to a guy in Brazil who said they, some of them went to Brazil and in Brazil, they have a law where they have to con all con all incoming cars must be left hand drive. Mm. A few so, countries like that. So they, the Pajeros there are, are left-hand drive converted. cars. Yeah, converted. Converted. Yeah, converted. They went there from new? I thought they all went to Japan. but I... the, That's what he said. His dad or uncle ran a dealership, and that's what it was. I don't know if they were from new or maybe they, maybe they were maybe they were secondhand. I don't yeah. know. Maybe. So uh, I get back to the point, Pajero Evolutions, um, stuff like uh, Eurospec-specific cars that weren't legal in the U.S., like, Right now, we're coming on to the six-speed 3.2 Euro M3s that everybody's kind of been asking me about. They're just incredibly difficult to find, but I think those are kind of the next trend of... What about that van? Best place to park your money. <laughs> just so we should try and post a picture. You, you, that was the best. I feel like that may have been the best car I've seen in 2022. I think it was the favorite car, my favorite car that I imported in Why the last five years. Why do you explain to people? So I have a... Uh, when I found out I was going to be a dad last year... This actually is peak... 
Bastardo. There is no more. I feel like you should get Bastardo of the of the century award just for this this action. I don't know what the criteria is for it, but it's this. It's this. Explain. So I, of course, found out I was being a dad. Had to be responsible. Bought a minivan. I think the same day. I think I found out I was being a dad, and then I w- went on the auctions and I found uh, the Japanese equivalent of. Um, but it's not a normal minivan. No, it's a, it's a 1997 Toyota Estimo, which here in the States we got was a Previa. And everybody's been in a Previa. You've either had one or you've been in one or you've seen one. Everybody knows what they are. But this one is a little bit different um, because it's, uh, well, it's first of all, it's Japanese. So it's right-hand drive. It's supercharged, which I don't know if we got the supercharged version. We got the supercharged we ones did, here. Yeah. This one's on bags and it's got a wide body kit and like 22-inch <laughs> rims on Here's it. The, it's like the VIP kind of it's setup, a VIP, right? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it looks like a like a spaceship. I mean, it looks like it a, really it does. looks like a, something for an anime version of a minivan. If we could get a photo up, it's it, that is exactly what it looks like. If you pull up on this thing, it looks like you're driving around. A it's like a slammed anime van. And this one, it's all wheel drive, right? Uh, this or is it one, rear? It's rear. Okay, yeah, because they I think they had some that were all-wheel drive. But they had an all-wheel drive. They also had a column shift manual, too, which yeah. I don't know if you could get the supercharge and the column have you, shift manual. Have you taken, is your urchin school ready yet? A six, seven months old? No, not yet. So, but you still have the van. Oh, yeah. So will you be taking the urchin school in that oh, van? Oh, yeah. Okay, you've oh. got a document. In fact, I feel Through like. Through college. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm taking him to college in this thing, <laughs> for sure. You know what? I need. I feel like Viva Bastardo has to document the first drop-off. In that van, a hundred percent. I think Viva it's going to be all like G wagons and then the anime van, the anime spaceship van. Absolutely, this kid is going to have just an array of the most random cars that he gets dropped off in school, and hopefully every day it'll be something different. But oh, you could take him in the Century, Century, the Toyota Century. Yeah, we have a, a very wide range of eclectic cars made, in stock right what, now. What made you buy the Century, which I love? Oh, that, explain to people what a Toyota Century. Is. So the uh, Toyota Century was the, it still is, I think, the car that the the, the most high-end, the the uh, upper echelon of Japan gets chauffeured around in. I think they're, they were built at the time specifically for individual customers. The Emperor of Japan exclusively rides around in a Toyota Century. Till As this you day. do I mean, when the you're newer one. Yeah. But it's a very uh, over-engineered, basically the S-Class of, of Japan. I think even probably more engineered than an S-Class at the time. Uh, but it's a Toyota. So it's this... Uh, Japanese, I think, Japan-only market car that doesn't look like a Toyota, isn't branded as a Toyota. It's got special it has, livery. It, it has strangely... Um, do you know... Are you familiar with the Zill? No. The Zill was the Russian version of the Century. Like, it was only made for high-level... Bureau- this is in, in, in the, during the communist era. Yeah. High-level uh, Soviet bureaucrats and politicians, right? But But it's like that, but... Because it has this slightly archaic styling. Like, it feels almost like it's from the... Like 60s or 70s? I think they started building these, or they first, the design was first introduced in like 78 or 79. It feels old when you look at it. And they built it all the way through 95 with the V8, and then they moved till actually this year, they moved, or sorry, this year, 25 years ago, so 97, they moved to the V12. So now we're finally getting the V12s, which is kind of what everybody wants. But this one in particular that I found was... First of all, it's a long wheelbase, which is very rare, in silver, which is very rare. I've not seen a long wheelbase car in silver ever with leather interior, which... Are they always black? They're like a dark gray black. For the most part, all of them are. Mm. Um, so it's tough to find one in a different color. And this thing in silver, I mean, everybody walks into the garage. There's probably 50 plus cars in the garage at any given time. There's not one person that doesn't stop and say, this is the best car here. I, it, Absolutely, just draws a crowd. I feel like once Viva Bastarda takes off, 
that I should that should be the company car. I should be chauffeured to the podcast in I, the century. You need a company car. You do need a company car. <laughs> I, I but mean, I thought the pod, company car was like the Shamal or something. <laughs> I mean, you, it would have to probably be the Delta because that's right. That's the car that's. Oh wait, built. so you're. But like, wait, like we have to you have to explain something. It's got all these crazy things that it does, like the doily. It's got curtains o- and the oscillating AC vents, curtains, uh, privacy curtains, which is pretty uh, common in Japan. But it's got a. Uh, a pull down on the passenger front seat so the person sitting behind the passenger seat or the passenger side of the car can put their legs through and take a nap and you, As got you do reclining and massaging seats and this is 1995 reclining right. massaging seats you have a a tape deck recorder in the center arm uh, console in the back seat to record your business meetings i mean it's just the most japanese like high level Maybe there's stuff. Maybe there's some stuff left on the tape, like there, high level I wish negotiations there was a, I between wish there was a tape Nintendo left and Toyota or something. That would have been incredible. No, sometimes I get CDs, and the CDs, the the music that people listen to in Japan in the '90s is definitely not what you would expect. But in this car, there was. Wait a no, minute, that's a whole other fascinating topic. It's in a lot of Taylor Swift to just put it to sum it up. It's a lot of ta- well, Taylor Swift or like um, uh, uh, who's the um, who's like the big. Like girl rocker in the nineties, um, Britney Spears. No, no. the, the skater, Avril Lavigne. Skater boy, Avril, Avril Lavigne. Lots of Avril I think Lavigne. I think we're in the aughts now. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was, it's just some obscure stuff that comes out of the uh, the radio. And I have a box of collections of stuff that I find in these cars that come out of Japan. It's actually kind of amazing when you. I, that's one of the first things I used to do when I got the car is you check what's in. I got when I got the Mercedes Evo two. It was from France. And I checked at the CD and it was, you guys aren't going to know who this is, but it was Johnny Hallyday, who was this like French version of Elvis. But if you can th- imagine rock and roll sung in French, it's all you need to, it's all you need to think. It, it was, it's utterly ridiculous, but he's massive in France. And this guy was driving an Evo 2 listening to like 70s and 80s Johnny Halliday rock and roll, which is kind of amazing. I get some, I got a lot of Russian music sometimes, and um, I just I, there's just so much stuff. I just got not, a car, not anymore, not anymore. I got a um, I got a G Wagon in from the Middle East, and it came with, and this makes sense now, bootleg and not, I guess, not really bootleg, but it is an Indian bottle of whiskey. Uh, whiskey made in India, which I didn't even know was a thing. There were two bottles of them in the trunk underneath the trunk well in this G-Wagon oh, that came from the Middle East because yeah, it's, it's illegal. illegal. Right. And it must have come from India. And I pulled these bottles out and I couldn't believe it. I'm too afraid to drink it. Oh, I no, you have to. I looked it up. It's like a $15 bottle Indian whiskey, which sounds <laughs> you got to give it to your kids. <laughs> have the kid try it first. I'm just, I'm as, an, as a parent, I'm just trying to give you some pointers. <laughs> like for his first birthday, here you go, kid. A little thimble of Indian $15 whiskey. Build See up what? your immune system system for life <laughs> yeah prepare him for college man you have to start early with that stuff <laughs> yeah so definitely some fun stuff that we find in the cars i have a box that i one day dream about putting together all the stuff that i found in these cars electronics gadgets gizmos whatever and man, building some to, kind of japanese robot out of it or something need to, you need to post this stuff on and this is all instagram content i know like you should put background music you know when you do those videos your brothers the videos of the cars you yep. should have background music the cd that was in the car Oh, if he's listening. Which he won't be. (laughs) No one's listening. Which he won't be. So wait, if you import the vehicle, do you get the stuff that comes with it? Or does that all have to get kind of cleared out before you deliver? If It usually gets taken at the port. Like if Mm. these cars come in Roro, usually stuff gets taken if it's loose in the car. I've had shift knobs taken off the car sometimes. So... 
What is a Roro just for those oh, that sorry. might not know? If the if it doesn't come in, <laughs> in a container, basically they drive the car onto a boat, they roll it on, and then they just drive it off. Roll so on, roll off. Roll right. on, roll off. Yeah. No containers involved. It's, like it's not Scoob- an actual, it's, it's not a row boat. It's, it's not a like a... It's actually Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Scooby-Doo. <laughs> he just, he, he works at the port, he moves the cars around. Is that where he ended up? He yeah, takes yeah. Stuff. You know, after the show was cancelled yeah. by Hanna-Barbera. Does he have to use loose ends? He's super nimble. He's very eager. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Thanks for coming in. Thanks. <laughs> I don't know what to do with awkward pauses in podcasts. Yeah. I feel like if I was a professional, I would through. know what to just, just push through. Really? Yeah, you just push through. We'll, we'll cut around it. When we've had, when we had like professional, like Strahan, when he was on, uh, he was just amazing. At like he just sensed when there was a pause and he would just push it along. He was like, you could tell he was a professional. Unlike me. I think he's I'm not a professional. Better, yeah, pushing things along. I think Strahan's more capable of doing that than I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, hang on. So we've got the Century. We've got the uh, anime manga minivan, which is amazing. Father of the Year Bastardo Award. Um, then you've got, there, there seems to be a real demand for um, those tiny uh, little pickup trucks. Is that right? People love them. I, I mean, there's, there's a demand for a whole lot of stuff. There's, what do they use them for? Because you could fit like two cartons of eggs in the back. What, like the K car size, like pickup trucks? Yeah, I see a ton of them here in Brooklyn. Yeah, like every time I go to the port, there's like thirty of them. That that's just right. Off the boat that everybody's yeah. kind of done. And I, I tend to stay away from buying stuff like that. But every once in a while, there's one that just kind of captures my attention, and I just have to have it. So, and that's that's a lot of the like stuff the that I'm manga mini, minivan. Exactly, you had to have it. No, exactly. I think yeah, that was not a bad decision. So then. let's go, Batman. So you started. How long has uh, inbound been going? Uh, 20, probably 2016 at this point. I was doing it. I had a full-time job. I was doing tax accounting in Midtown and I just, Oh my God. Yeah. I, it, that's like in the very inner circle of hell. I was, I was in that's it. That's right. 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 After eating live rats, then there's tax <laughs> accounting. Right. And by the way, in Midtown. In Midtown. <laughs> Yeah. So was, what was it like? Hula hands for breakfast, for lunch, or you know, senior frogs yeah. for a, red, a red lobster was downstairs. <laughs> oh my so, god! Yeah. Cheddar Bay biscuits. Yeah, I know. I it was it was a different life. It was a different time. Right. But I remember vividly, and maybe a, a little bit sooner than when I was st- actually starting to import stuff. But I had watched this video on YouTube that really <laughs> kind of got me going on Japanese cars. I watched this video, and I th- I could probably find it, but it was. Um, it was a it was a video called like vintage Japanese like car kings or something to that effect, and it was all of these like '70s skylines stuff that I'd never seen before in my life. '71 Hakoska, which I bought and own, uh, the Ken Marys, and then you know sort of like the '70s era of Japanese car culture. And I remember watching this video and thinking to myself, "Wow." Uh, these things are special, like to a degree that I've not ever seen before. I've never seen anything like them on the road, especially not here in the states. So I got interested in the import and how to get these cars here. And actually, truthfully, I, I got interested in the car and trying to buy one. And then when I started looking into it, everything was out of affordability for me. I couldn't get my hands on one if I tried to. That was already in the States. So I said, okay, I'll just go to Japan and see if I can figure out how to get these things imported. You or know what I'll I like about that, man, is you clearly are a person who doesn't see boundaries. Absolutely but a, not. But that's oh, but that's a, that's amazing, man. Yeah. Because because I often get I get so many messages from people on Instagram who say, "God, you know, how, how do you import a car? It's, it's really hard. How do you do that?" And I was doing it before I met you. I was doing it sort of piecemeal. Yeah. Um, but it's it's it, but you're clearly you just you just it's just the the distance from idea to execution is is short and no unencumbered. Yeah, un- no boundaries whatsoever. I mean, I bought a car out in Macau, China, the other day. 
as one I, does. Yeah, I mean, there's literally nowhere where I won't go to find either cars or parts for cars because some of the cars that we get are very special and require very specific parts that you can only find on a literally a Craigslist ad in Australia that I had to have three people get involved with to go find me a set of wheels to bring back to a car that is one of one. So there's nothing that I shy so away hang on. from. Sorry, I interrupted you, man. So you were, you, you were interested, you wanted yeah. to get a car. You, so you, I, I got very interested in importing cars because I couldn't afford to just buy ones that were already here. And instead of going through a broker, going through somebody who already knew the process, I figured, Hey, let me just learn this myself. It can't be that hard. It's pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> Or at least it was at the time because there was really not a whole lot of information. Now there's hundreds of articles out because everybody's doing it. Everybody's importing cars, especially from Japan. I mean, there's you can pretty much go on and say, how do I import a car from Japan and get step-by-step uh, instructions on how to do it? When I did it, there was literally nothing to go off of. So it was just you know trial and error, trial and error. And every step of the way was a learning curve. Every single bit of it from finding the car to knowing who you're going to you know deal with on the back end, sending money to um, in a different country, you know, how to figure out how to get the export paperwork in order, the import stuff. And then once it gets here, getting it cleared out of customs, making sure you have all your stuff in order, then getting title, which is like a whole nother world right. of just issues. So sure. I, I basically taught myself how to do it because I wanted this particular car. And the first thing that I, the, the first what car that the I bought, car? a 1971 Nissan Skyline, oh, first okay. generation Skyline. Do you have it still? Still have it. Yeah. Fantastic. I, I bought it and it's been with me for a while. It's uh, it's, a bit of a passion project. That car is another story on its own, <laughs> but I still have it. Um, and I'll probably keep that car. I don't know. I'll forever. I say that about every car, but the, a, a car I obviously feel very strongly about and what started this entire run of what is now inbound motorsports. So I brought that car in and the reception that I got from people was just incredible. I mean, you pull up to a show, which I was doing regularly, um, and every single person there is just like, what on earth is this thing? So I get, you know, very good reception. I thought to myself, hey, I could probably do this with a couple other cars that people haven't really seen in the U.S. I think the second car that I got was a uh, E30 uh, BMW Touring, which okay, we never but, got here. But so, so it's interesting. You were buying stuff that interested you, and it just happened to interest other people. I just figured if I cared about it enough, and that, that's the that's the approach that I took with if the first If Rami part, loves it, everyone loves it. Everybody must love it. So <laughs> I... I took that approach and I, you know, I brought another car in and I got a good response. And then I bought a, I think it was an E30 Alpina Touring, or sorry, an E30 Alpina uh, sedan that did very well. I brought it in, I sold it on Bring a Trailer, and that was like, you know, encouraging motivation to keep doing this. Well, in a way, everything is kind of, everything has sort of happened aligned in a perfect way. So we have, you have you doing that, but then you also have Bring a Trailer, which is the best place I for think those I, kinds I, I of I came up with bring right. a trailer. I think I actually raised bring a trailer up on <laughs> you made them who they were. I solidified. Yes. Yeah. So I you know I, I did that once or twice or you know then three or four times while I was still working full time and my full time job was it was a full time job. I mean I was there seventy hours a week some weeks while still and it was actually worked out perfectly because you know, Japan time is 12 hours ahead. So when I was done at, you know, 9 p.m. working, it was 9 a.m. in Japan and it was time to start the auction. So right. I'd go on and I'd sit at my desk at work and bid on cars and buy cars and, um, you know, figure out the import stuff. And I had, at the time, no space, no uh, storage facility, no warehouse, nothing. And So I, what, you just leave them at your parents' house <laughs> or something? parents' house. I, I had five cars parked in my mom's uh, two-car driveway. <laughs> and, and, and like very, like looking back now, I mean, what the market's doing on these cars now, very significant cars at the time. 
um, just sort of parked in a driveway in Queens. And if I think if I ever drove past this driveway, not knowing what that was, I think my head would have blown up seeing these cars lined up because there's all cars that you never saw in the States either. Right. So that did you find any resistance to the whole right hand drive thing? Myself or in terms of in terms of people interested in Japanese cars, it just it depends on the customer. It really honestly just depends on the person. There are always people who are say, you know, it's not for me. And then they're just not your customer for right hand drive stuff. Um, but there's especially now, I think everybody's comfortable with right hand drive stuff. I don't think I there's some people who would prefer. I mean, if there's a, a car that they made right hand drive, left hand drive, you're always going to want to lean towards trying to either get the left-hand drive one, if they're identical, just sure. because you have a better market for it. Then sure. like Land Rover Defenders, for example, I go to the port sometimes and there's guys bringing right-hand drive Defenders. And I think these guys are going to have a hard time because there's 70 other people importing left-hand drive ones. Right. And all day people are going to want the left-hand drive ones, I think, unless you know it's for a movie or sure. TV show or whatever. But um, yeah, the resistance isn't really there. So the people that really know what they want, they're comfortable with. Well, also, sometimes you have no choice. Like the Pajeros, you have no choice. Exactly. So that's, what, that's the difference. So if there's something that you know, Nissan Skylines and it, yeah, the Japanese iconic Japanese stuff that we can, you know, never got in left-hand drive form. That's your only option. You know what I love is the, uh, is it the Toyota Sarah? Ah, uh, yeah. With those amazing doors. Well, those doors were the, the inspiration for the F1 yeah. apparently, right? Yeah. McLaren F1. Which yeah. is, is that know. true? Or is that just like a thing? You know how in the car where people just mumble stuff to each other and it it's all, it's on Wikipedia. Is it? It's on Wikipedia. Well, in that case, that's yeah, got to be true. I mean, yeah, definitely. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot. There's so many cars that come out of Japan, 80s, 90s stuff that are just, you look at them like okay, so Nissan Figaro's, for example. Is the Trish's Figaro the, is that, that's not the, is that the one that looks like the kind of weird 1950s thing? But yeah, I love and it's that. a Nissan, and you pull right. that up to a show, and everybody's like, what is this, yeah. you know, 50s I mean, you can, you can it's a 1.3 liter Nissan. You can, how, how much are those? Uh, in Japan, you could find a very good one for like ten to fifteen thousand bucks. I then feel, you get them here, and they're thirty thousand dollars for right. the you know the nice ones. Right. I feel I feel like you could. There's still stuff in Jap that you can buy in Japan for well, you know, in quotes, not that much money. Um, that and and you could have a good and you can you can sort of collect cars or start collecting cars with a small amount of money if you if you if you start looking at obscure stuff in Japan. Definitely, it's a little bit different now just because of the saturation in the market. Right. So it, there was a time, if I had the same amount of, I guess, uh, investment capital that I had now that I, you know, when I first started, right. I think I'd be the world's first trillionaire. Because you could literally <laughs> buy, you could buy cars out of Japan. You could buy, oh man, I, I, name it, and you could probably buy it for under 10 grand, whatever the car may be. Right. You could buy a, a one, I remember 190E Evo 2s, you could buy out of Japan for like, Forty thousand, fifty thousand dollars. Really? In two thousand and seventeen, like it wasn't even right. that long ago. Right. And then you bring them here, and it was—they're already doing, I think, north of a hundred k. But I just didn't have the means to kind of act on those at the time. And now it's so saturated that like it's difficult to find a good deal currently, just because of how many eyes are on it. You see a car that's unique at the auctions, and I go on Facebook, and there's ten people who have posted it. So it's kind of difficult right. to find a good deal. You either have to just keep trying for, you know. Obscure auctions in the middle of a national that, holiday, or you just keep you, you keep bidding, and sometimes stuff falls through the cracks. You bid on holidays, you know, when people aren't really paying attention, or on weekends. So are there markets now? Are there is so if you feel like Japan is is quite saturated, is there a new market like Macau? <laughs> is that the new? Is that the next Japan? Well, so what's what's crazy is this at this exact moment in time, there's very good arbitrage given the exchange rates are so. They're so they're very much in our favor here in the U.S. So I think the exchange rate in Japan right now it's like 
130 yen to the dollar, where That's it was right. never, ever that low. I've never seen it that low in the seven or eight years that I've been doing this. Same with the euro. I think the euro is under a dollar, yeah. or it was like two days ago. Yeah. So I was never buying cars out of Europe. All of a sudden, I have 10 cars on the water coming in from Europe because you can get good deals on stuff. So you just have to be flexible and kind of fluid and understand, you know, first of all, what people want, and then have the, you know, sometimes have the customers who are just, you can just buy and sell directly, which is what I do also, is I'll just, I'll find cars. You'll come to me and say, hey, I want something like what you do, um, and I'll buy a car for you directly. And I'll then go, you're like, what I'll the go fuck, find Phil? It. <laughs> Why would you want to buy that? But fine, I'll find, I'll find it for you. Yeah. So, um, so you just it just it just depends, and you have to kind of understand, you know, what the market is doing, whether or not you're going to bring it in. And but you do some, or, you do like a cocktail of, of two things. You sort of you, you you listen to what the market wants, but you also seem to anticipate things too a little bit. Is that safe yeah. to say? Yeah, I think, and I think a lot of cars. What are some of the things you? What are the, some of the things that you've you've um, bought that just on you because you thought it's interesting not knowing how the market would react uh, and been terribly wrong terribly no 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 you know what about one of each uh terribly right i would say this is everything bef- before they really got hot <laughs> yeah everything i don't know what i'm doing everything here. duh phil <laughs> so stupid um that's like my daughter basically. i've done very well with bmw alpinas and this oh, is bef- yeah. before they really got uh, there was always a following for Alpinas. BMW guys obviously were always, you know, very particular and they know their stuff. So there was always a demand for them. But I think before they really, you know, were selling here, we're doing well. I, I did very well on a few BMW Alpinas and one I still have. Um, and I'll probably, I love Alpinas. Uh, yeah. So those I think were probably one of the ones where, you know, I had no market basis for it and it just kind of went off my gut instinct and ended up doing very well on them. And then stuff that it maybe didn't do as well. Uh, I mean, similar, <laughs> similarly, no, no, I, I honestly, I don't think there's anything that didn't perform well because of, um, eh, well, maybe, maybe like some of the very, <laughs> very, very niche Japanese stuff where like the, the demographic of buyer. So it, what, like what, like, a oh, what about those, uh, well, like autozams, those uh, aren't those sizzling. Those are phenomenal. Yeah. And I have three of them. And they're, I love those they're things. amazing in every them. way to look at, yeah. to just drive everything. To- I would love to drive one of those. I, I, I love, I tell you what, man, I mean, when I go to car shows, I'm just not really interested in seeing, you know, rare Ferraris and all that stuff anymore. Cause I feel so, like I've seen it all either on Instagram or live. I've been to endless cars and coffees and you see all that stuff. What, but what really, when I go, when there's a, there's a cars and coffee in Brooklyn, yep. um, when I go to that one and I see like a Toyota Sarah, you know, I, I, I'm so, I just think it's so cool to see that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, and that's sort of what we specialize in. I, I really try and chase down stuff that is obscure to a degree that you've never seen. And I think that's, it's twofold. One, it's, I, I, I enjoy those cars and I enjoy finding them and I enjoy pulling up to a show and nobody else has one. And then I think it also does well for me and for my business is because I'm then known as the person who can go out and find the stuff that you've never heard of or seen before. Do you think that, uh, do you think that's kind of a, the, Instagram has pushed us in this in we in this direction in the sense that because Instagram shows us everything, people want to see things they've never seen. I think even more so than that, I think because Instagram just drills cool into your head or what the image of cool is, yeah. is that once you see something that somebody has that is like you know your idea of cool, people want to have that exact same thing. So it kind of well, only if they think you're cool. So I mean, but you're a perfect <laughs> example. So like you have a Pajero Evolution. After you bought that thing, I think I had seven people lined up saying, can I get one? Can I get one? Can I get one? Can I get one? Nobody right. said, I don't want a Pajero Evolution. I want to get something else because Phil has it. 
Same with same with the Delta. Same with you know anything. The Shamal. I started the Delta you Revolution. Did. <laughs> you did <laughs> not. Uh, Maybe the Shamal. The Shamal the- definitely. And I I've never had somebody ask me about a Shamal before. But then all of a sudden you get one in, and then and I you get brought th- many through. Shamals. Yeah. I've tried to buy. I've tried to buy them. They're difficult to buy. I mean, there's not too many of them to to begin with. Sure. But then they're not always in fantastic shape. Right. And a lot of some of them are right hand drive. People don't want that. They want the left hand drive one. I think right. some are auto. I don't know. All manual cars? So maybe they're all manual. Yeah. So I just haven't been able to find another one, but I have two or three people who are still lined up for what, if I, you know, do come across a good one that they'll still want it. But that's, that's the other thing about Instagram is that it does, you know, for the maybe not so uh, enthusiastic auto enthusiasts, the guys who are just kind of like, you know, I'm a car guy. I have a Tesla, those kind of guys. Right. So those are the guys who I think will chase down what they think is cool in what they've already seen on Instagram. And then you got, you know, people like you and I who are like, I just want to have the thing that when I pull up, nobody else has. Right. And that's and that's true. It's and a very refined form of snobbery. Really is what it is. <laughs> like it's not, but it, it, I mean, you know, I have to be honest about it. Like it's not about how much things cost. It's just about, for me at least, it's really about the idea of imagination. Like I just take umbrage with the idea that I shop to a, you know, cars and coffee, and there's six other guys with the same car as me. And, yeah. and what happens, and my friends make fun of me for this, like what will happen is I'll have, like when I have all the Group B stuff, and then all of a sudden everyone started buying all the Group B stuff, then I just, I kind of, it kind of ruined it for me that my, it was my, it was mine, it was mine. Yeah. I got all gollumy about it. And there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, if the car's a good driving experience and your goal is to have a good driving experience, fantastic. I mean, it just right. depends on what you are looking to accomplish you know, in that car. So, but I feel like I'm going to make my, I'm, <laughs> I'm on some crusade to continually get more and more obscure. And eventually in like two years time, I'll show up in like the Oscar Mayer wiener truck and be like, <laughs> who has one of these? <laughs> Come at me, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Call me. I'll find you one. <laughs> Can you hook me up? <laughs> yeah. Hook me up, right? Yeah, I'll find Left one. hand drive, stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll find it. No worries. I'm sure you could. So, and uh, for me, it's, it's twofold. One, I enjoy again, being that sort of, person who shows up to the meet who's got something that nobody's else has ever seen but it, it is part of my business now where you know i have to be able to show that i can showcase that i can bring in stuff that nobody's heard of seen whatever um and I mean, that's quite a lot of pressure really if you think about how kind of how all seeing the panopticon of instagram is like it just you know like they were, yeah. It's so rare that you post that. I mean, people go, holy shit, I've never seen that before. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a completely one-off individual car, but you have to be able to surprise people. You have to be able right. to say, hey, like you have to be memorable so that, you know, when they go to think about, hey, I really want to buy this car, who's that person that, um, you know, that I saw at that meet and then they can remember and then they'll get in contact with you. And then, you know, that's how I get a lot of my business, which is, it's great. And it's fun. And I get to meet a lot of interesting people who want to chase down stuff in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the night. I had somebody call me the other day and wanted me to buy him a, a Hindustan ambassador. Oh, those are cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Those, I love those. <laughs> but I, now I have to go figure out how to buy a car out of India right. and how to ship a car out of India and how do I deal with, you know, sending money to some... Geezer in India. <laughs> some Indian prince. <laughs> Maybe I'll wait for an email to come in and then I'll respond to the email and say, yeah, this is, this is the person. He found me. So... Um, you know what? Has there been any? In, I feel like I'm really interested in Volvo. <laughs> oh man! I mean, first of all, well, the, first of all, the those crazy wagons from the mid '90s, which I love. But also, you know what I love? I think it's the seven six two Bertone. Oh yeah, the, I saw one at Radwood the other day. The is coupe. It, yeah, the coupe with the chop roof. Yeah, unbelievable. There's is one, it the there's, black one? 
There's well, a guy who I think in Brooklyn. Yeah, there's a. I think he's Ukrainian or, or or Polish or something. He has one. He's and he's totally like pimped it out. It's kind of amazing. Like he's it's sort of slammed. Is it turbocharged? I think I've seen this one. Yeah. floating around. It's black. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like it's it's interesting. <laughs> it's a but cool design. It's, you know, the, the original design, yes. This I love the original design. Example is a little because the original design had uh, had a vinyl roof. I think I think they had, had most Landau roof. I think it had Landau. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I um I know the one that floats around Brooklyn. I don't know if this was the same one that I saw down in Philly. Okay. It might have been. But very cool cars. I mean, yeah. yeah. Again, it just depends on on what you're trying to accomplish. I don't know how they are as drivers. <laughs> I don't I don't think I've ever been in very nimble. Have I ever been in a Volvo? Maybe one of the newer ones. Not definitely. My not parents had a 90s. Volvo. My parents were amazing. They singularly, they single-handedly, like if they had, if you had hired someone, paid them a huge amount of money to to pick the worst possible cars over the course of twenty years, <laughs> that would have been. <laughs> Wait, are you about to embark on Volvo slander? No, no, no. Well, so we started off with an Austin Maxi. You don't know what that is, but it's it's. That's not good. a very nice car. It's a crime against society. Then we moved to then we moved to a Volvo three four five, which no one has ever heard of, which is like a hatchback Volvo. It's really ugly. It's got, like, got a hunchback. It's actually a hunchback Volvo. Um, what year? Then, what year is that? The thing? Volvo three four five was um, with these really comfy, like blue, like cloth seats. I remember that. Um, I think I threw up once in the back, and it was really hard to get the vomit out of this. Or to distinguish what was the vomit <laughs> yeah. and what was the seat. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you had the black light for that. <laughs> and then uh, that was that was eighties. That was early eighties. You googling Volvo three four five? I am because it sort of looks. I don't think like... it. I don't think it got there. There it is. Yeah, no one. No one got it in the. Oh, here, things, this thing's, oh god, that's my fucking. Look at that. That's gross. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's gross. We'll do an insert. It's but not that even is... like a real. It's not even like the brick Volvo, which is so cool. It looks like. Uh, like what was like that Chrysler? Uh, like the Omni? It's like an Omni GLH sort of like. It's got that kind of the Omni shambles. It's just a shitty looking car. <laughs> there it That's is. All. Thanks a lot, man. I know. Thanks. Really, really Thanks. helpful. Thanks. Sorry. And then there was a Honda Civic at the end of the run. Wow. It was That's where I got my amazing taste from. I don't, I don't know if that's progression or... No. Uh, well, I, I feel don't. like the Honda Civic was the most palatable of all of them. Like it was yeah. generic and inoffensive. Yeah. Where the other two were really... Although now the Austin Maxi is so old, I think it's become loved in England. Cool again. Yeah, for some I, reason. We didn't have a crazy car history growing up. I think my first car that my parents are the one that i remember them having was a mazda mpv which i if i could find another one today in that same exact color and, and trim i would probably buy it just to pull up on my parents house in it and say <laughs> i should, don't know what i would say but i would just i want you buy should one. steal like one of your dad's suits and just show up <laughs> just in the mpv wearing up. his suit yeah. and like and say son get in the car he's like what, what that, what's happening <laughs> And then I think from there we had like a Mazda Caravan. It what, was always what was big. The, wait, what was the color for the first? It was then? like a light blue. I think it's probably, I would imagine probably the catalog color, the launch color. It was the color that you saw everywhere. It was like a light blue. It was PTS. It was a PTS. <laughs> yeah. Your dad uh, splurged. It was another six grand for the custom color. I'm sure. No, we were definitely not um, luxurious in, in the trims in our cars, but um yeah, Mazda MPV, then a Dodge Caravan. I think we had a GMC Yukon. Then my dad got a Nissan Patrol, which I thought was pretty cool. I always thought those were awesome. We never got those here. Right. Um, and actually now have two that I bought in stock. I think maybe a little bit of nostalgia, but um, he had the newer generation. So You should really look at Volvo 345s, man. I, I feel like I'm that gonna, could be a thing. Yeah, I'm going to go when I go home at night. I'm going to Google <laughs> Volvo 345s. You're going to corner it. Get the GL. Yeah. It's a screamer. <laughs> um, so All yeah. I remember about driving around 
my with my parents. I have this definitive memory as a kid. My when my mum was driving around London, she would she would always drive around in like second gear. Wow. She wouldn't really change out of second gear. My dad would tap the gear knob and go, darling, please. He would just tap the gear knob, like enraged. And my mom would go, what, what? <laughs> I don't know if she knew there were more gears or she just liked second. Maybe were, she there liked... more, were there more gears? Yeah. In the three, four, two, five? More than two gears? Yeah, there were like four. Wow. Okay. Maybe she liked the acceleration. She would drift it. Oh. Well, she's yeah. keeping it in the power band. <laughs> and then right. he's upset she that she's the, burning fuel. She was keeping the turbo on boost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what Keep was happening. Yeah. yeah, you're right. She's That's smart. Was, you're right. Yeah. That's what was happening. I didn't know. Yeah. I'm an idiot. Again. So wait, so have you actually requested uh, an 850R search yet? Yeah, I asked I you I asked you a while Loosely. ago. Because was, they're, they're they casual, are hard to find right now. Yeah, it's a, it was a casual request. But usually casual. the casual request just, you know... It just happens immediately. Like Ram will call me next day. Go, oh, as it turns out, because you want like the in pale Hokkaido. yellow. <laughs> <laughs> right. yes. In Hokkaido, of course, in Hokkaido. Yeah. Of course. Uh, can, I've, I've only been able to find one that was somewhat decent that we looked at together, but then I think ultimately decided against. <clears> but they're difficult. They're not easy to find. There's the A50R and the A50TR. I think the TR was the last year of them, and I I don't know what the difference is, but no, I think it's the, five speed versus six speed, something right. like that. I'm not well versed in Volvos. I'm not very well, like deeply versed in any one particular genre of car. But or you one love all Japanese, car. all manner of Japanese cars. Though. I'm like very. I have a very surface level working knowledge of all of them. But if you start asking me about designers and intricacies of them, it's uh, it's spotty as to what my in depth knowledge is. But I just have a, a love for. I have a very wide net of stuff that I enjoy. Japanese stuff definitely. Although I never really niched myself into like. Although I bring cars in from Japan a lot, I never niche myself into, you know, just doing Skylines or just doing Sylvia's or, you know, whatever the norm was. Because, it, it one, there were plenty of guys doing it, and that just wasn't really me. But, again, going back to the point where I really just wanted to do stuff that nobody else was doing, that's what really interests me. Um, I also didn't want to corner myself in a market where if that went away, my business would go away. So sure. if all of a sudden people are not interested in the one thing that I import, you know, Mini Coopers or whatever, then then I got nothing left to do. So I, I kind of spread myself pretty wide on, on my interests, but um, I think it is also uh, in line with stuff that I just intrinsically love. Um, Japanese cars, definitely some more than others. Uh, I, Wait, do you have, so do you, you is there some, you got to be some you keep for yourself then? Oh, cars that I'll keep for myself. Not and not Japanese. I think the car well the So Skyline, what do you, what do you have in the in the in the never sell pocket? Yeah. Um <laughs> I have a uh uh early well an eighty five uh Mercedes five hundred SCC AMG. Oh that's um, nice. that I actually found locally here in the States. Right. Um I'll never sell that thing. Is that the wide body? It's the narrow body of the what you're thinking right. of a 126 wide body, but it's a full okay. AMG car. It's black on black, which it's not gray. It's black, which right. is very hard to find. You Blacked have a Volvo, out trim. Volvo 345, AMG, <laughs> AMG <laughs> Volvo 345, <laughs> slammed. Um, I have my E46 M3 that I'll keep for the rest of my life, but that's just a car that I bought when I could first afford to buy a car, and that's what I um, will probably just keep for just my own sake. Um, uh, Man, not a lot of cars that I imported. The '71 Skyline, I will, I would love to keep forever. I bought two uh, very, very uh, special E34 BMWs from a guy off of eBay that had a mi miswritten listing a couple of years ago. Um, this <laughs> that guy is just like the, that's always the legend. It's the best. Right? Those are the best. So this so, guy had, I think, his son write the listing, and it was, uh, you know, BMW M5 six speed, whatever. And then turns out that he was just completely wrong. 
and he was local in PA. So I was bidding on the on the eBay auction. Didn't sell. Went. Wait, hang on. So let's just back up a minute. So how did you know? So he said M5, whatever, was six speed. So that, but when you looked at photographs, what? I think the, the VIN was in there, and I looked that up, and I was like, this just isn't. Whatever he had written at the time just didn't line up with what the car was. So what was the car? It was a Daytona Violet Euro spec. Uh, it was an early car, so not a five, not a six speed, but a five speed. But a Daytona Violet Euro spec with Nurburgring package, which was like the top of the line of in the best color that you could get. Right. Um, only delivered, I guess, overseas because it was a, a rest of the world example, not a U.S. spec car. Um, and then the just the description, the way that he had written the description, told me definitively this guy has no idea what he has or what it's worth. And then he had three photos on the on the eBay listing. And if I looked in the background of the of one of the photos, there was another E34 parked outside. And I could see very faintly in the back, there was a badge that said B10 by Turbo. Oh my God, um, this is a, such a genius, like, so, sleuthy so wait, story. He just randomly had an Alpina? He had an Alpina. And I couldn't believe, at first when I saw the photo, it looked like just a gray E34 with no striping. So I was like, okay, this seems a little suspect, but worth looking into. So I got in contact with him and he was just two hours away in Pennsylvania. Um, auction, I was high bidder at the auction and then didn't sell. I can't remember how it all, all went down, but he sort of, it was a no sale and it was like not a lot of money. And then I contacted him and said, Hey, look, I'm the highest bidder. I really want to come and look at it. And then he said, well, I have somebody else coming to look, but if it falls through, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. So the next week I got in touch with him again. He said, all right, come out. I pull up to his house and I see this Daytona Violet M5. And the minute I saw it, I knew I'm going to own this car no matter what it takes. It was just absolutely stunning. I mean, it is the best, I think the best color on that car probably the best color unlike 90s bmws is that like flashy purple color right and i just immediately fell in love with that thing i said i'm gonna buy this thing i'm gonna this is i'm not leaving here without it and then sure enough in his driveway next door there was a alpina b10 by turbo that was just sitting out that had been sitting out in his driveway and if you're not familiar with what an alpina b10 by turbo is it's a very very impressive i think one of the most impressive impressive BMW or Alpinas ever made. I mean, they pitted this thing against Ferrari Testarossas at the time, which is really, I guess, maybe not that impressive. <laughs> but they're advertising... They pitted these against Volvo 345s, <laughs> like, Austin Maxis. I mean, they just <laughs> crushed them. The ad the ad campaign that they ran, I think, was a, a, a B10 by Turbo, which was the fastest saloon car at the time, next to a Ferrari Testarossa. And it was like, you know, you could go just as fast with two more doors or something to that effect. Um, you do it justice, man. <laughs> I really sold it. Um, there's, there's a guy at like Alpina yeah. headquarters like, man. He butchered it. Let's get this Rami on board for some advertising. <laughs> He's got it. But I had already had a B10 by Turbo, so I knew how special these things were. And I and I sold it regrettedly. And I thought to myself, if I can get this one, I'll just keep it. And uh, So was it? had it been sitting out for years? Ten and it was years. All, really? Both cars. So was years. the paint all fucked? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Paint, interior. I mean, the thing needed to get redone. Right. But then I went into negotiating the price with this guy and I basically got these cars for free and I got a free E46 M3 with the deal. And he, he needed to get rid of cars out of his house or his um, community because they were ticketing him for having too many cars in his driveway that were just sitting there. So I, you know, I, I helped know that him. that was a thing. I, wherever he lived out in, in, it was a in thing Pleasantville, Pennsylvania, that he lived, that he had to get rid of the cars. So I graciously took the cars off his hands. That's and very I had, kind of you. took man. three cars out of there, yeah. <laughs> you, you sacrifice yourself. Yeah, I mean, so... You're like Mother Teresa. <laughs> so those, I guess, go into the bucket list of cars that, I mean, do I ever want to sell them? If you ask me which cars I would keep forever, probably those fall in that category. Just because I know how special they are and I, I just have an affinity towards those. I think those E34s are the most 
handsome, one of the most handsome designs. You know what I love on a BMW of the '90s BMWs. In fact, is the 840. Gorgeous cars. And I think that I've heard that there. I've heard the 850 is not such a good car because it's heavier, much more stuff to go wrong. Where I the 840 is a, more problematic. Eight, yeah, eight, yeah. A, a V8 yep. lighter, less stuff to go wrong. Yeah. But I just think that is the most beautiful, one of the most beautiful designs. Every time I see them, yeah. they're amazing. Are they? I mean, are they expensive now? They've the CSIs been, they, are. Expensive. The good ones are expensive. The CSIs are expensive. Right. And I think now, I mean, to your point that yeah, they're a little bit easier to maintain the V8s, or they're less problematic. I don't know if people, I, the people who really care about owning these cars, I don't think they they care about that anymore. It, it Do you comes, think it's better to have the V8 or the, or the 12? V12s are always better. I mean, there's just, yeah. there's I mean, just no, you, I mean, there's no ask, comparing. Yeah. Like, well, I did reference my small penis earlier, so, <laughs> so I feel like, I mean, okay, here's the thing, if V12. So you should know. It's okay, it's, okay, it's okay if you can't afford the V12 maintenance. It's okay. But that's the thing. It's like right. You could just get an 840 and just change the badge. Who's going to know? I mean, no, no one, one, no one will, know. no one will, no one will. Know. You'll, you'll know. And that's very important. You have, I mean, <laughs> you'll right. know or like most anyone that ever sees under the hood. What? I wouldn't know if I looked under the hood. Yeah. I really wouldn't. I've looked, I, I, I would have no idea. There was a guy who Man, parked. Man, do I have some things to sell you? <laughs> <laughs> there was a guy on Orchard Street where I live, uh, vaguely. He, there's a guy who parked a red one and I came running up to him like a psycho. Yeah. I was like, oh, my. he was trying to park. And I was like jamming my head through the window, coughing and sneezing, giving all sorts of new variants of COVID. Like, hey, I never see it. It was just, he was like, okay, okay, let me just park. <laughs> but I was so excited to see one. And also just like driving around the city. That's the thing about New York is that it's such a dump and a shithole to drive around it. That when you see people driving anything that's not like a, you know, armada, or yeah. whatever the fuck it's called, the, you know, Chevy Leviathan, yeah. whatever it is. You just want to kind of hug them and yeah. just hold them awkwardly <laughs> for a long time. Yeah. Maybe a little tear trickling out of your, you know, because just for the kind of the, the, the balls to drive something interesting in the city yeah. is amazing. And what do they do with it after they're done driving it? That is always, I mean, where do you it park it? gets crushed. Do you go put it in, no, but do you go put it in one of these, like, uh, I guess valet attended. Uh, no, I park mine in my public parking lot. Yeah, so it's there's a lot of guys who have that. They'll you know they'll which is amazing that they actually suffer through car ownership in the city. But then they'll have their own space out you know 30 minutes away that they'll have to take a bus <laughs> right. and a train to get to just to keep their stuff sane. And do you drive in this? You, you live in Jersey, right? I take the bus. I don't. Do? Yeah, I take. Wait the, a minute. I, I live in Long Island City, and then I okay. take the bus into Jersey every day just because the driving through portion really just sets me off on the wrong trajectory every morning. If I had to sit through an hour, <laughs> hour worth of traffic, you arrive my peak. day's ruined by the time I get to work. So I take the bus. It's actually quicker. Right. So I take the, the subway to the bus, and it's it's great. It actually drops me off in front of the wall. This is not bastardo behavior, Rami. Are you kidding? I have, <laughs> I 70, know, actually, I have no, 75 bus, cars, and I take a bus. Taking the bus is actually <laughs> subversive <laughs> behavior. Yeah. Because okay. You're right. It's the contrary. Bus is, the bus is frowned upon here. You, do you drive the bus? I'm low key. Uh, That'd be amazing. If it's just your own bus. He's actually an MTA it's, driver. Yeah. <laughs> I might look into this. <laughs> I feel like apply, I always see the signs apply here for being an uh, MTA bus driver. I might do that and then just not take any passengers ever. You get a pension. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> 
You, that, that's because you know this. You know that kind How of. How quick before I get caught? Port Authority is not put together. I could probably get away with a bus or two. Uh, you could everywhere. drive for like two years before someone goes. Hang on, this guy never lets on any passengers. Yeah. The route number seventy three has no service. income. Has this no, is out of service all the time. You know what I love? This is like a weird New York Schadenfreude sadistic joy. You know when you see like someone running up to the bus and slamming on the door, and then yeah. the bus just pulls away. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's there are certain things in New York. That's one of them. The other one is, you know when you're in the elevator and you see someone running towards the elevator and you hammer the closed door <laughs> and then if they make it, you just move your finger over to the open yeah. door like, ah, oh, and they go, thanks, thanks. Yeah. You're like, yeah, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> I would do that except I would lock the bus doors and do a burnout on the way down while the guy was <laughs> knocking on the window. You try and catch it. the trench coat in the door yeah. so they drag them. I yeah. mean, just for effect. Yeah. I'm just brainstorming. <laughs> I'm just coming up with some ideas. So wait, so you park, you've got a spot in the city where you, you, ro you rotate cars through. Yeah. Do you self-park there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Depending on the car, you, I guess. No, it's just a self-parking place. I used to park my, in the, years ago, I used to park my 246 Dino in the public lot. Do you still have the space out in uh, yeah, Jersey? Yeah. You do? That's okay. where I keep all my stuff. But, yeah, then, yeah. but then I rotate so I, to, for stuff to take nice. Lulu to yeah. school. Nice. Um, but I parked, when I was parking my Dino in that public garage, it was when they, they were like, 30 cars in that garage because no one lived on Lower East Side. Yeah. And then every now and then I get a note saying, hey, if you want to sell it. Yeah, I guess but, that's a good move. If you have multiple cars, you just keep, you know, most of them away and then you just rotate through one right. by one. Because then you yeah. can drive them and, yeah. Because I always feel bad not driving stuff. Yeah. I don't understand people who have like a collection of, you know, I don't even know, like more than 10 or 50. I mean, these people have dozens and dozens of cars. Like, I guess, I guess... I guess you don't do you, the how does that work? Like, do you just drive a couple of them and then the rest kind of just disintegrate slowly? I mean, we, you know, we have a how lot does of that work, Matt, for you. Well, we have a lot of people <laughs> for me. I'm a two car <laughs> solution kind of guy. I don't need 75 cars. I hmm. no, but I think like a lot of people try to like rotate. You got the things. Volvo 345. I got the 345. Yep. That's, you know, my pride and joy. <laughs> uh, no, but I think a lot of people like they just want to amass a collection, have them. Right. If they take them out once a year, whatever. There's also people that, want to collect a ton of cars and they actually have people on staff that like there's a collector in San Francisco they actually have like a place to drive on the property and they oh, will just and they exercise them. the cars on the property so they don't have to risk like someone just knucklehead crashing into the, the lights just went off here wow it's a power outage it's a power outage it's fine it's New York only the finest at the Viva Bastardo <laughs> studios it's we forgot to pay the power no it's a motion sensor we're not like <laughs> flailing our oh, arms enough it? yeah an emotion sensor. It's an emotion we're sensor. We're a little too boring. We're a little too That's dry. what that says. The, it's the man, you know, when they want you to leave the theater, they, they <laughs> just, the club, they just shut the lights off. But I, wait, so I have a question for you. So obviously you bring stuff from Japan, Europe, wherever, right? Yeah. Is the majority of it, would you say, sub, called sub 150,000? Or do you get like people that are like, hey, listen, I'm looking for an F40. And like always, always, you know, once a week, like what's like, what's kind of like the, like the highest level, like request you've had. I usually deal with, I think just giving people's comfort levels um, and me not having to fly out to go inspect cars personally. I think most of the people who I deal with or customers that I deal with tend to stay either just above or just below like the 75 to hundred thousand dollar range. So mm -hmm. top of a the round line. of drinks. Yeah, about a, exactly. <laughs> Depending on people's comfort levels, because it's new to the, most of these guys buying a car overseas sight unseen without, you know, having any real tangible thing to hold on to before sending their money overseas. I imagine that must be tricky in a way because because I've gotten cars, you know, from overseas and sometimes they show up and there's stuff wrong with them. 
all right? the, lots I mean, of they times. often have like, lots and sometimes it's serious stuff, sometimes it's just minor stuff. But for, I imagine for people who've never bought a car before in that way, yeah. how do you manage that? Because I'm sure that, you know, it shows up and it's, then there's stuff that has to be done. And, and they're like, well, I, you know, because they, in a way, I imagine they think they're buying like a new car. Yeah. And right? it's crazy. I have to constantly remind myself that this is not something that, you know, the people that I'm dealing with do on a daily basis. For me, I see a car overseas and I'm like, wow, this is a great deal. It's $100,000 or whatever. And I don't even bat an eye. I just say, okay, let's just buy it and we'll figure it out when it gets here. A lot, for a lot of people, that's not the case. They need a little bit more hand-holding, a little bit more comfort, a little <clears> bit more <throat> security because they've never done this before. They sure. don't do it as often. So I have to constantly remind myself that you know you got to really educate the person that you're dealing with on you know what might happen when the car gets here, what to expect in terms of delays or stuff that needs to get done. So... It seems like whenever I get a new car, it's either like five to 10 grand of repairs or like 50 grand of repairs. Yeah. Well, it's, and again, so then it also depends on the customer and what they're really trying to accomplish. A lot of the guys are, you know, for the most part, the customers that I have are guys who want to get in the cars and buy, you know, buy them to get in them and enjoy them and drive them. And they'll pay, you know, retail. They're not really concerned about what it's costing on the back end. Although usually when you buy stuff from overseas or directly, instead of me buying it and inventorying it, um, they usually get a much better deal because I just charge a fee to go out and find the car. And it, depending on how difficult the, the process is or what it involves, it's pretty straightforward. Like if I buy a car for somebody in Japan, somebody calls me and says they want something. Hey, I'm looking for X car. Um, here's my budget. Uh, I charge $1,500 just to, to actually to, to do everything front to back. We've done this before or I'll, you know, find, it's amazingly reasonable. Find the it's car. Weird. That is actually, that's a really fair deal. And I feel like this is just an infomercial. So now. I've wavered back and forth on 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 my pricing, and I think I, I very much think of like long term achievement here. And I, I'm not looking to you know get rich off of every single person that I deal with by any means. I mean, I don't. So just me, just Phil, just Phil, repeat customer. <laughs> well, and that's a, that's exactly it. Is that I work for either the referral, the referral, or for the next purchase or whatever because I know that the guy who's going to come and buy a car for me and have a good experience, the first thing they're going to do is go tell the other person, or they're going to come back and buy another car for me. So it compounds over time, and I you know I gain good customers, clients who. Um, you know, want to buy multiple cars a year. There's a couple guys who I buy cars for that I'm on already. What is it? I guess we're halfway through the year. I bought 10 cars for one customer already. So it compounds out if you could just deliver on a good product. So I charge, you know, I've struggled with this a little bit. Do I want to have cost of entry be a little bit higher, make a little bit more money? But really, the, the especially for stuff that comes out of Japan, it's no skin off my back to just if I find a car, if you tell me what you're looking for, I have a safe search in my criteria. And I, if it pops up, I just say, hey, this is up this week. And, and I look 40. at it. I look at exactly. I look <laughs> at it the same way that I look at it as any other car. There's no extra time added, really. And then the process starts once we decide. Also, I think the, the, the repeat thing, it, once someone's been through the process, then they fully understand what, what, it, what it entails. Like yeah. They understand here's the risks. Here's what's going to happen. I'm probably going to have to put some money into the car, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. then it's so much easier when it's repeat. And I try. I there, look, there's a lot of people out there importing tons. I mean, there's ton, every state has multiple people who will import a car for you. It's not hard to find somebody who will do what I do. But what differentiates what I do at Inbound is that I will take beginning to end, no matter where the car is coming from or you know what we have to do to find it, I will find the car, handle everything on the back end with the export and the import and getting the paperwork in order to get you the car here, even pick it up at the port or deliver it to you and get you the paperwork and get you 
you know, assisted assistance on the back end with title, which a lot of the guys will buy a car for you. And once the car is bought, right. they set it up with a ship. They're like, I'm out. You know, <laughs> thanks. I got your money. And you'll include the John Tesh live at Red Rock CD. <laughs> Ooh, that's a collectible. <laughs> yes. Plus one final touch of your choice yeah, <laughs> within reason. Um, that's the, yeah, that's yeah. right. So I, it's really full service beginning to end. And I think that's what differentiates what we do at Inbound. Uh, just this morning, th- literally this morning, I was with a customer of mine who I imported a, a car for uh, from Europe. And then he came to me and said, well, I bought another car from somebody who had imported it, but didn't bother to do any of the title work or the paperwork. They imported the car for him directly. And right. they just wouldn't touch, <clears throat> they wouldn't deal with him after giving him the paperwork and said, good luck, figure it out on your own. So he came to me to figure out getting all the paperwork in order to get a title so that he can actually register and drive the car. And that is a lot of what people... Well, it seems like, uh, wait, he wants to drive the car? Seems- <laughs> well, it does seem like the whole industry is a bit of the Wild West. It's a lot of, it's, it's made up of a lot of people who think that it's a very easy thing to get into and make a lot of money and just not do a lot of work. Oh, I could just buy a car from overseas and once I have it set up, it's easy. Then I could just start selling people GTRs and whatever and I just sit back and rake in the cash. Which is, I mean, if you want to make a little bit of money for like a year, great. I mean, that you'll, you'll do great. But very quickly people realize you're not somebody who I want to do business with. Right. So it's just not really sustainable. It's a lot of work to do, I think, what I do. I mean, I'm at work. I quit my full-time job. We never got to the end of the story, but I was <laughs> I was working full-time while also importing cars on a regular basis. I finished my 60-hour-a-week job and then start my other 40-hour-a-week job or became that importing cars. And it, very, it got to a point where I was just doing more cars than work, quit my job, and started doing this full-time. But that, like, it is a lot of work to get to the level of what we're doing, where it's you know full service, fully organized with the you know everybody's I think one paperwork. Of the, one of the best things about the whole experience for me is going to the port. I, those are the best because I, I it's I, for anyone who's so for no for, if you've never done this before, it is it's not like buying a car in a regular way. So I, we, we, I go over, meet you in New Jersey. Yeah. We drive over to the port. Now you have to wear, you have to wear like a fluorescent high-vis vest, yep. which you have, although sometimes I forget and I have to go, there's like a shack, like a van that will sell you a vest for 10 bucks. I think a Viva Bastardo safety <laughs> vest is in order. I think Ooh, I, would, a good I would rock idea. one 100%. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> a good product idea. So you, that's a genius. So you put on the high-vis vest and then they let you in. And then you're walking around and it's such, it's so much fun because you, first of all, you see all this stuff that people are bringing, all, all, all this rant, these crazy cars. That's another way that I figure out, okay, what are people interested right. in? What are they trying to bring in? You go to the port and you see 10 things of all But the then you're walking thing. down like row to row and then all of a sudden you go, holy shit, there's the Shamal, it's over yeah. there. And you go, yeah. to, you go running up. And for me, it's the first, often with the stuff I buy, it's the first time I've ever seen it in person. Yeah. Because it goes from like some miserable pictures from the auction site yeah. to like, here it is in person. Yeah. And I have to say so far, I've been lucky. Like yeah. so far, the, as we were saying earlier, like I saw the Shaman in person, I was like, oh man, this looks, uh, this looks amazing in person versus the pictures, which uh, it looks, it could be amazing, yeah. but it also might be a bit weird. Yeah. But that, there's something really kind of, it's, it's, it's like the best part of being a kid as a grown-up, yeah, like that that experience of going to the pool. Because port. you also have to wait three months to get it, so the anticip- right. anticipation is there, and then when you finally get to see it, and I'm right there with you, for, for better or worse, for whatever that car <laughs> looks like, I'm going to bear the brunt of, if the car's not great, you're going to just stare at me and be like... <laughs> Well, but also you show up with your crew, experience. so you know you have the you have the, you, you know the battery's going to probably be dead. Yeah. You, they they jump the yeah. car, uh, check the fluids, all that stuff. Um, 
Yeah, it's so great. I, I really love doing that. Yeah, no, it's a it's a fun experience. And I again, like it's just part of what we do at Inbound is that I, I have the ability. I mean, I offer it to customers depending on what their involvement level is. If they're I mean, I've. I bought cars to, and sold to customers who I've never even met or seen. They just called me on the phone and say, hey, I want a car. I sold a car to, I think, somebody who came through you um, or at least heard about um, the import process through you who wanted a Delta Integrale in Australia. I've never been to Australia. Oh, no shit. So I bought a car and sent it to him in Australia. Right. And I've never even met the guy. So as, as much as the involvement that you want to be in with the whole process... Uh, I pick like up to the, be heavily pick, pick up the car yourself, you know what whatever. You know what I love? Is I, you know I always ask you what the name of the boat is? Because yeah. then you can track <laughs> online. Yeah, yeah, where, boat. yeah, you can track where it's going and all that. Which is also frustrating because sometimes it just stops. A lot of or times. Or it goes to like a random port that you weren't supposed to Because, you know, the crew to. has had like a bit of a night out. They want to. They have to just sleep it off for a couple of days. Well, I, I mean, I once had to chase one of these row-row boats to scout it for a video project. To and see where it docked and go. Well, so like bridge. I was supposed to meet it in Amsterdam, so I had to like sit in Amsterdam for three days, and then like terrible. they called oh, me. That's, and, that's oh, terrible. It was terrible. It was really <laughs> tough. It was really tough. It was a, yeah. ooh, what a pain. It was like late spring. Yeah. But then like they're, they're waiting like, at a coffee shop. Yeah, it was terrible. Oh, Five not... gilded joints. It was exhausting. <laughs> but then it's like <laughs> then I missed the ship when it came. I missed and the ship three yeah, days later. Never, yeah, I never showed up. <laughs> no, but like the thing is like they were like, hey, listen, uh, so it's not going to Amsterdam anymore. Now it's going to Bremerhaven, Germany. Oh yeah. Well, what the fuck? Yeah. I've been sitting here for like. It just it moves on you. Yeah. So it's that's what of, boats do. They tend to they go from place. I mean, I know no. if you're a whaleman, but they what? move from place to place. It's crazy. I have to it's crazy. Concept. I thought it was like the Intrepid. It just stayed here the whole time. <laughs> it's <just> moored. <laughs> the cars just beam in. The other aspect of also like importing cars for people is I have to choose what information I share with my customers because sometimes I'll tell some customers are much easier than others, and sometimes I will share so the what information. Kind of, well, so okay, so what what. <laughs> what bits of information have you not have you not said? sometimes i don't share the ship name because i'll get phone calls every day saying well it looks like the boat only moved an inch today and it's like well i don't i'm not driving the boat i well, have then no you have control to explain the this. idea of scale on a map and say <laughs> an inch is in but fact I'll, ten thousand miles and i'll get calls and say well it looks like the you know the boat's in in port can we go get it and i'm like well that's not true or you know i still have to go through customs whatever so the it's not right. yeah it depends how, on the customer how difficult are like the feds in all of this the feds the feds um, the g-man the alphabet boys it depends it's 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 completely random i will say um but i think there's probably they i'm sure they have criteria in actually doing this now i've had two shipments come in from costa rica and both of those shipments have been stopped by u.s customs mm. and i probably brought in i don't know 200 cars oh you're plus. talking about like they get separated for like extra inspection exactly right? yeah they look at them a little you know what triggers them the John Tesh CDs. <laughs> Something. If they see that, they're right away like, oh, hang on a minute. I There's cocaine they, in this they, car. They probably look <laughs> There's at... There's meth in this car. I'm assuming who the importer is. I, I don't know. I don't know what the criteria is, but I will say that the, the two experiences that I've had where they've done x-rays just seemed a little bit more in line than the other 200 cars that I brought in and had nothing. Can you nothing. get the x-ray afterwards? Actually, no. I've never asked. You know, oh, sure, that'd, be a sure, that'd be a really cool thing. Sure That's what I'm saying. Cannot. Like, is it a is it a video extra or photo? Or they take photo. I bet it's photographs. It, it'd be a mate. No? no, I mean, there's be, no way you're getting Alex it. If, maybe no. if you knew a guy, if you had a guy on the inside, who, that would be amazing. Like, as a special bonus, here's an X-ray of your car. Yeah. I mean, wall, full size for the wall. Come on. 
It would be amazing. Yeah. Especially since you have to pay $900 for it. You might as well get well, a photo I, of it. I, you know what? So wait, they, wait, they charge you oh, yeah. $900 for the x-ray. So they just oh, decide. Yeah. Well, $900 is about average, but usually they'll, they'll charge you for the days that they hold it too. So if, if there's right. a backlog on the x-ray, it'll take them you know, a week to look at it or two. They'll charge you every day that they're holding it. And then they'll just send you an invoice on the way out. And they're but like, they're well, the ones that car. flagged it for x-ray. Yes. I've had, I've yeah. had, uh, I've had. You seem I've surprised had, by this. You seem I'm not actually, no, I'm not actually that surprised. That's just like, that's such a level of government. Uh, gougery. Gougery is not exactly the E-R-Y word I was going to say, but yes, gougery. What's E-L-Y? Every? No, I was going to say fuckery. Uh oh, 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 yeah, sorry. No, but I've had cars, I've had to pay for cars um, getting the old uh, coffin turn. I, I would imagine that you probably had good reason for having your cars looked at closer. What? No. What? Because <laughs> of my, yeah, my past. The incident. Yeah, the incident. That's right, the incident. But that's, I, you know what? You should totally, I'm sorry, I'm just going back. I'm fixated with the x-ray thing, man. Yeah. You should see. Do you know people there or you don't know? You're not on first In thing. customs? You're no, not like, hey, I, Gary, can you send me a... Now that you actually put this up on offer, I'm going to make it a point to go make friends with somebody at customs to find... You to, should, To man. be able to accomplish that on the back end because I think that would actually be awesome. It would I'm be amazing. I mean, who wouldn't... That, yeah. Like, that would be incredible. That's a, that would be a really cool souvenir. Yeah. It would be amazing. And I... Yeah, yeah. I want to give uh, give me a little uh, taste of that action. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Phil. Well, uh, look, and truthfully, it's only happened... I think three or two or three times in all my time importing cars. So it's completely if you, a random. But if you befriend someone at customs, then you should offer it to the customer. Say, listen, it's going to be 900 bucks, but they will x-ray your car and yeah. you have this as art. Yeah. I, I'm, but then I that could be this. depressing. Like what if you see an x-ray and it's just like the steel is all full of holes and it's like, you know, Oh, like yeah, you see all point. the rust. Yeah, the like, rust, oh, like all God. the tin worm. I can't up. imagine it's that intricate. I don't know. I have no idea. Literally no frame of reference, right. but I'll find out. I'm going to I'm gonna make it a point to find out. You give me a bad idea and I'll run with it. I literally do this for Are a living. Are you saying that's a bad idea? Well, sorry. <laughs> a, 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 an, an idea. Yeah. Bad, good. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It's an idea that's going to be more of a hassle in the end, but, right. you know. I, I think a lot of cool. the ideas I have are theoretically good, but then pr in practice, practically this I don't even know where to start, but I'll figure it out. There was someone who, there was an artist who did x-rays of stuff, of, of objects, and they, they would blow them up. You know what? That's the end of that story. It's the world's worst story. <laughs> Sometimes or I'm did you just not want to plug a competing artist? <laughs> well, anyone other than myself is shit. Let's just start with that. <laughs> Spoken like a true artist. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know when you're telling a story, like I'll do this. I'm, sometimes I'll be telling Lulu, my daughter's story. And in the middle, she'll just go, losing audience, dad. <laughs> it's amazing. We should bring her here for the recordings. We should. Then she could just, yeah, that's it. She she'll, or she'll just say, great story, dad, and then walk away. Yeah. So wait, so I'd like, I want to know, just I'm sure the audience would like to know as well, what's currently trending in your world? <sighs> Car x-rays. Like, it just, you know, help us forecast a little bit. Like, help Phil and I beat the curve by a few weeks. So it, it, again, it, it depends. And this is a conversation that I have with every customer before uh, we go out and look for a car. What are you trying to accomplish? You mean trending in terms of showing up to a meet and being the only person that has no, okay. trending between what's the, what are you getting the most requests for? What's the top three most requested cars right now? Uh, E36 is like very like, like Euro spec Euro spec E36 is with like some sort of special order interior, whatnot. Um, Do they make those in wagons? Yeah, yeah. Uh, not the M3s, just the Tourings. I have okay. a few of them. Actually, a few, and then I have another one coming in. Um, what do I have lots of requests for? Pajero Evolution. I mean, we've gone over this. Pajero Evolution. Do you think, is Pajero, is that really spiking? Is that consistent? I'm just trying to find yeah. out if I was a genius. 
Definitely. (laughs) And they have been. Say it again, Rami. (laughs) Say it again. Phil's a genius. (laughs) You got to look like a lot of people actually look. And now because Japan's so accessible, look two or three years out. You got guys who have been already buying up stuff, speculating the market. R34s, for example, S15 Silvias. People have been buying them forever. And Wait, then, I don't know what what's an S15 Silvia. I thought that was a light bulb. It's another yes. Well, so it's <laughs> so we got the 240 here. Yeah, yep. and so we, we got up to the four. Uh, the 14 version, yep. which is like the bubbly wait, wait, hold round on, hold on, hold on, geezers. Hold on, geezers. Chassis code. But so what's an F, a 240? So a Nissan a, 240 was like a two-door rear-wheel drive, cheap sports 240 coupe. 240SX. You've seen them. Is that like the... They're always completely paintless with like mismatched out. body panels. Bunch is that the one that's really loud? You hear them coming from a mile away. Okay. You've seen them. You've heard them. I'm sure. Yeah. So in Japan, we, we stopped the S14 and then Japan got the S15, which is... You know, it's sort of, they were uh, head-to-head with, like, the R32, R33, R34 crowd. It was, like, the alternative to Nissan's, like, sport car that you could get um, that, you know, all the all the kids wanted back in the day. Okay. And we never got S15s. And then, you know, now you got guys who, because we never got them, have been buying them years out to get a good deal on them. Um, so those have already kind of been done. The R34 market's going to open up. I think beginning of next year we got the GTSTs. You know what? This is a you know what? This is a whole. This is an. Or, this is like a bukake of, of, of acronyms. It's a bu- acronym orgy. I know. It's tough. I, <laughs> I, I swear it makes sense to the audience. No one has any idea what's happening. Look, you know what I think is going to be big? Moto Compo. They've already. Oh my, you've already <laughs> missed the boat on Moto Compos. No. Are they really expensive now? They're all like seventy five hundred so, okay, bucks. Okay, hang on. Let's average. just explain for people who don't know Moto Compo is this tiny foldable motorbike that went in the back of it was was it sold as a package thing or not it was not i don't believe that it was sold as a package you could buy them at the same time but it was a it, actually they're very cool so it's a honda city is the car that you're talking about they yeah. made a honda city a honda city cabriolet a honda city turbo and a honda city turbo 2 which is okay rain this man. flared out <laughs> this flared out little japanese um i don't know what you would call it like a micro sedan or a micro right. coupe um, hatchback and uh, you could get this Honda City Honda Moto Campo that would literally fold up and you could put in the trunk it was of, a tiny tiny motorbike yeah and it folded into itself the handlebars came it down was, the it's actually it's up. the most genius piece of design because it's like a basic it's like a long shoebox shaped yeah. chassis and then a little you know the well it's for that last mile of the commute basically right yeah. well it's so if you the live last in a 30 miles on if, the highway if you <laughs> live in a congested area and you had to park far away you park the car pull the motocomp out you could ride it home and then put it in your living room and just do the same thing on the way out in the morning that was the design behind it which i think is actually amazing i put I it in your living room was that how they sold it no i know it's small yeah so it was, so you could take it up and put it inside your house <laughs> and then do the same thing you and put it in your bed you sleep next to it at night. You could. It's tiny. actually, you know, what you need to find. You need like the suitcase. Oh, car. those are awesome. Yeah, because like they amazing. had those around the same time too in Japan. You can get those the suitcase. Actually sold wait, or the was suitcase those... what? I don't know if they actually sold them. I but think like, it was, I think they made one or two. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, suitcase what? It's it's a it's a car in a suitcase. Could you get the suitcase car and the suitcase cell phone? The suitcase you, cell phone. Yeah, you know, like in oh, the, the briefcase. Cell phone. Yeah, the yeah, briefcase. Yeah, have it all. So you could have like everything in a suitcase. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I um I would love Again, to find one of those, but I don't think that those exist. Like, why do you have to be so negative, Rami? I'm so sorry. You're so I'm not ne- negative. You're so I'm negative, usually, bro. I'm very positive. <laughs> yeah. I, if there's one, if there's a car that they made one of, I'm very positive that I could go find it. But I I, I don't think that these were offered. Where is the Volvo wagon, Mister? I can find. This could be you. Oh, <laughs> it's more of a trike, unfortunately. I love what I love That's about amazing. that the most is the stickers on the right? outside. You look like you're kind of just <laughs> going to the airport. TRD then. sticker, Advan. What I love is a, I love his multi pleat trousers. 
<laughs> those are back right now. Are they? Yeah. Those, oh my god. Yeah. Those are trending. Those are trending. You're getting a lot of requests for multi-pleat trousers. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's the, that's that one extra bit that I <laughs> offer to customers. You throw it. I can get you the car, and I throw in some pleated pants. Yeah. All exactly. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Everybody always asks me this question of what do I think is next trending. It just depends on what you're trying, what you mean. In you, terms know what, of trending. you know what? I'd say. Oh, let me, let me let me shape this better. For shape it. I'm going to shape it for maximum financial ROI in the next call it like three years. Uh, <laughs> just I, I, the Tomaso Guara, I feel maximum ROI in the next three years. Some sort of, and I, I hate to say this because I'm not a Porsche guy, but probably some sort of Porsche variant that we never never got, like a 996 GT2 RS or the GT3 RS mm-hmm. that everybody's kind of, those are like 2001, 2002. Yep. That, I think, is probably what's going to be your best ROI for the next few years. If they haven't already taken off overseas. You're, cause you're I'm sure they're already way up overseas, but yeah, that's going to be a hot ticket. Have you had for the uh, Renault Spider? Uh, I love this. I've never had a request for one. Wow. Yeah. Although I looked Rami, at it, but I, should we make it official? Yeah. <laughs> I Will was actually going to ask you. you should, I, I was. I wanted you to challenge Wait, me to go out and find something that you thought would be a cool thing to bring in for the show, and then I would go out and import it for you, and then we could do a piece on that. I thought that oh. would be pretty cool. Maybe I just threw this on you on the spot. Maybe you need some time to think. No, about it. No, I don't need time. Yeah. All right. So I'm ready whatever, to go. Whatever it is. Oh, so you, you want, want the spider over the 850R? I really. I think the spider is a. You know. Do you know what that is? Yeah. Of course. Do you know what that is? I have no idea. Google Renault Spider. Mid, Renault mid, Spider. Mid nineties. So they made two versions. One is uh, has no windscreen, and one has a windscreen, and they're super cool. They have. Oh, it looks like a Lotus. Uh, no, get what? out. Uh, no, hold on, because there was like the track only. Uh, yeah, the, the eleven, least, the like Lotus the, eleven, something like yeah, something like that. How how cool is that? That's a cool looking car. I mean, it's with the and it has these and the wind and the doors go like butterfly, whatever that is. The doors come off in your, the doors come off you, in your hand. I could see you puttering around in this. <laughs> what, with like a leather flying helmet and goggles? Yes. And a pipe? <laughs> Good day to you, sir. <laughs> you couldn't hide yourself. They're roofless. I don't think you could, yeah, uh, yeah you couldn't escape I'm the not really. I don't really like convertibles for some reason. I can't, I feel like it's too posy. Like everyone's looking at me. Going, look, in, your pleated, in your like, pleated pants. I could, I could see <laughs> I mean, you in the Lower on. East Side. I mean, come on. How is that not super cool? That, I like the van in the back, actually. If, we, if I can find Oh, that. the Espasa F1? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that has an F1 engine in it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you if do. you can get that out of there, where The only else? thing that ruins that is the bloody roll bar. <clears throat> Safety third. I would take the roll bar out and maybe redesign it. I mean, I'd go for a Volvo. You First thing you do is put an exhaust on it because that's what you tell That's my signature move. Yeah. Yep. Well, because what's the point in, you know, it, so much of driving is just the, how it sounds. Like it just, when I drive the M1 or, or some of the other stuff, like, you know, the Shamal is straight pipe now. And the way that thing sounds. I, I haven't I, heard it since. I gotta oh, hear it. Man, it's yeah. just so good. Because it just, po- it's full Rice Krispies. Yeah. Snack crap. Do you ever, crackling. do you ever like rip the factory exhaust off and put like a straight pipe and then just drones on the highway and you're like, <laughs> like, don't you do that all the time? Yeah, yeah. That's no, no, no. They don't. They're not so droney. Although I, I, I've coughed up for an expensive exhaust uh, Fujitsubu. Oh, nice for the Pajero, and it didn't really make that much difference. But then I met a guy in Brooklyn. I met a guy in Brooklyn <laughs> who says he can help me out with the sound because um, it's got some massive mufflers on it. Yeah. Did I, you I, pipe the Jag? No, the Jag had already came with some crazy uh, custom. I, uh, it might be, who does those crazy exhausts? What are the, there's that place out in Long Island. 
uh, petrol works or uh, no uh, it's a manufacturer oh Anyway, it came with yeah, it came with it. Anyway, came with maybe I made that up. It it's came Billy with, Joel. Billy Joel Billy was Joel. out there doing custom <laughs> exhaust. <laughs> yeah, Billy Joel put the exhaust on, and let me tell you, it's that exhaust. Well, that's the thing that sold me on the car because when I went to see the two twenty, it was in a garage, and the guy. And of course, everything always sounds better indoors, but he started it up, and I sort of and I just had a I had a small incident, had to change the trousers. And then was like, oh, I have to have this car because it sounds so good. Yeah, I mean, normally the two twenties kind of sound like a bag of hammers. Uh, but <laughs> but it, this thing sounds so good. It's, it's really loud. Yeah, I mean, inside it's, too. It's important. We I, I, we didn't do a lot of we don't do a lot of custom work after we get these cars. <clears throat> I usually keep them stock. Obviously, if I'm selling them, it's it's not. We don't want to get into all that stuff. Yeah, but we did. I do have this one K car that we brought in. It's a Daihatsu Mira. It's the ridiculous looking thing with like Tesla opening doors in the back. But it's a little dinky looking van with like a like a snail shaped front end. It's the most awkward car oh, you've can, ever can seen. Can you see that? Daihatsu but we Mira. did we did um, we did a custom exhaust on this thing. And I did, you know, TE37s with like, you know, racing slick tires. What's, I don't thing, know what T is. Is that, is that a wheel? Wheels, yeah. <laughs> so it's this dinky little, little it, look up, uh, it's a Michita, M-I-C-H-I-T-A. Wait, hold on. Is this the no, it can't Daihatsu Mira? Yeah, this is a Mira. Is that it? The walkthrough van. I mean, though. this is, well, this says this is a Mira. That's it? No, not that. No, no okay. Matt. It's on Wikipedia. <laughs> well, there's var there's varieties of them. It's just a van version of that. With Look up Michita, M-I-C-H-I-T-A. And uh, it's got these gullwing doors, whatever. It's the, the dinkiest looking thing, but we did custom not. exhaust. And this thing sounds, it's louder than any car that we have in the garage right now. <laughs> and it's important. I mean, it changes the dynamic completely because you got this. You find it? I'm going to be Googling for a long time for this. <laughs> Daihatsu Michita? Yeah. It does. It changes everything, the way a car sounds. It, it definitely. Which, and, and actually, in regards to nothing, I'm actually, I feel like, they should be designing amazing sounds for electric cars. Don't you, do you know what I mean? Like it's they just, do. Actually, I was at the. Can auto you show. download sounds? I was at. Like, why can't it sound like a Battlestar Galactica Cylon or whatever it is? Like, it should sound super cool. Doesn't Tesla do that? I think, they do. The like, you can like put your own custom sounds on the horn. No, I, not horn. Like the driving thing, and oh, it should be. Well, they, they all have their own, They all have their own kind of like signature like Tron sort of sound. Like the Audi sound one way, the Tesla sounds another. Like, is the, it loud or not? Can you turn it off? Well, I was at the auto show. They had a Shelby Cobra that would emit Shelby Cobra engine sounds, but it was a full electric car conversion. No, so that to me electric seemed, Shelby see, Cobra. See, to me, I feel like that's stupid. You want like future Very. spaceship sound? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want super super spaceship sounds. Yeah, I mean, they it's you do get a little bit of that in the cabin. I cannot wait till electric cars just get more audacious design wise. Like I want full, I want seventies concept lunacy in electric cars. I feel like. Lucid air exteriors, kind of there. I mean, actually, when I saw one in person the other day, it was much more impressive in person because in in pictures, again, it looks like it's a bit amorphous, like it's right. sort of a bar of soapy. But in in person, it's pretty cool. Um, but more extreme than that. What about the uh, Ionic, Ionic 5? Five? Yeah, that's cool. I see a lot of those things. They're yeah. everywhere now. Yeah. It's crazy how quickly those things caught on. People love those. Yeah. Though. What about a Ford Mustang Mach E? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I'm so far removed from the electric cars. It's like I, I have cars that barely pass emissions. So I'm, I'm nowhere near this conversation. Like, in, tw in 25 years, I will start talking about electric cars. We'll have you on when I'm 75. Yes. Yeah. Uh, have me, make a note. I'll be yeah, back. I'll put an alert in my phone. We'll talk about all these cars in 25 years. Well, I think that probably draws. Let's just. Should we have an awkward goodbye? Do we I, have to hug? 
Oh, I like. I do like an awkward goodbye, man. <laughs> oh, the physical touch. <laughs> do you ever and watch? You, you ever watch um, early Ali G? Of course. When he when he was inter- when he was doing it only in England, and he would interview like peers of the realm, like a Lord so and so, some sort <laughs> of octogenarian with a wig in, in his living room. And then he'd be like, all right. And he'd give the guy the fist bump. And this old geezer would have no, he, he'd shake Ali G's fist. Like he'd he had, reach out yeah, and like. Yeah, you know, with two hands because he wouldn't know what to do with it. Oh, God. So that's, what, that's the level of awkwardness I'm looking for. But I don't. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> and they shook on it. Rami, thank you so much for coming in, man. Thanks. It's, Thanks been, for a, it's me. been a total delight. Yeah, it was great. <laughs>